the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, August the 7th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. On August 7, 1942, the U.S. and other Allied forces landed at Guadalcanal, marking the start of the first major Allied offensive in the Pacific during World War II. Today, in 1789, the U.S. Department of War was established by Congress Today, in 1882, the famous feud between the Hatfields of West Virginia and the McCoys of Kentucky erupted into full-scale violence. The Hatfields and the McCoys. Today, in 1963, First Lady Jacqueline Kennedy gave birth to a boy, Patrick. He died two days later of respiratory issues. Today, in 2005, ABC News anchorman Peter Jennings died at in New York, he was 67 years old. I remember when he announced the fact that he was terminally ill on the on television. He mentioned the fact that he had been a lifelong smoker. He thought that was probably the problem that he had. He had, I think it was lung cancer, if I recall. But he was um, he was a stable and uh, passed away at 67 years old. Five years ago today, Sharice Davids, she won a Democratic congressional primary in Kansas. It's notable because Associated Press did a little story on her today. She became the state's first Native American and gay nominee for Congress. Davids went on, they say, to become one of the first two Native American women elected to the House. Isn't it great to choose leaders for the highest offices in the land based on the color of their skin and their sexual behavior. Ron DeSantis, his biggest donor, says he doesn't think he's going to contribute to him anymore. His largest donor. Ron DeSantis is the Florida governor. As you know, he's running for president. He's seen by many as Trump's probably foremost, the greatest opponent to Trump in this upcoming election. But Robert Bigelow, he's a hotel entrepreneur. He has warned that he's going to cut off donations if DeSantis doesn't become more moderate. He's too conservative. He said he needs to shift to get to the moderates. Bigelow says if DeSantis doesn't make that shift, he'll lose. He said extremism isn't going to get you elected. Well, Bigelow was in talking to Reuters News over the weekend. So I was wondering, what what does he consider to be extremism? Well, he thinks it's extreme to have six-week abortion bans. He wants to be sure that women have the right to continue to kill their unwanted unborn children. That's his big issue. How big of a donor is he? He gave $20 million dollars. 
to the pro-DeSantis Never Back Down Super PAC in March. Biggest donation that DeSantis has gotten by far. In fact, the next largest, I'm looking at a report here, the next largest donation that DeSantis has gotten is $2 million. Now, let me just be honest between you and me. $20 million, $2 million, either one of those look pretty good to a ministry. But the next largest donation was only, quote-unquote, relatively speaking, only $2 million. So it looks like DeSantis is going to have to make a decision here. He's either going to have to stop being as conservative as he has been to keep the money flowing so he can stay in the race or stay in the mix, or he's going to have to hope and pray that if he prays and ask for somebody else to step in and fill the gap. I found that very interesting, but this guy is very direct. He said, uh, he said, if he's going to, if he's not going to make the turn and become a moderate, I'm not writing any more checks. So, so politics goes and so life goes. Psalm 37 says, fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. Envious, of course, means concerned in this case. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Sometimes that's misinterpreted to mean anything that pops into your mind or heart. You just say, Lord, I want that. I want that new shiny car over there, that Bentley, that Rolls Royce or whatever. That's not exactly what the Lord is saying to us here, as you know. But he will put the desires that he would have us to have into our hearts. He will if if we submit to the Lord and delight ourselves in the Lord, he will give thee give us the desires that he wants us to have in our heart. He will give us desires for to be closer to the Lord, to do the things of the Lord, to do good, not to earn our salvation, but as a result of our being transformed, saved, born again. The result of that will be doing the right thing, doing good works for God and asking God for the things because we have a desire for the things that he wants us to have and that he wants to see played out in our lives. Verse 7 says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently of him who prospereth in his way because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Verse 23 says, I have this underlined in my Bible since I was a very young man. The steps of the, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. So true. I've tried to follow that. I have never seen myself as a good man. I am a sinner, saved by grace. But God, God directs our path when we give ourselves to him and ask him to guide and direct us. And he puts 
the desires in our heart that should be there, the right desires. President Lincoln wisely noted that a nation cannot continue divided, and yet we see our nation divided today. Lincoln went on to say it will become all of one ideology or the other. It cannot continue. He said, I don't expect America to fall, but a house divided eventually falls if it doesn't make up its mind what it believes, was what he was saying, to paraphrase him. He was paraphrasing Jesus, who taught that a house divided cannot stand. Jesus also noted that men cannot serve two masters. He will ultimately hate the one and love the other. In the book of James, chapter 1, verse 8, the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Does any of this sound familiar if we look, just take a peek at our culture today? Our country is caught in the grip of being a house divided, attempting to serve two masters, causing us to be double-minded. And we have become the greatest nation on earth, has become unstable. Instability is what people see and what we see when we look at our own government today. Our institutions, our culture is unstable. We don't even know how to define woman. And yet that person who said, I don't know what a woman is, sits on the Supreme Court today. Blind leaders leading our nation down a pathway that ultimately is a path to destruction, to the house that collapses. The result is instability in every part of our culture. The Wall Street Journal is expressing concern over it this this weekend. They wrote an article. The Wall Street Journal has been leaning heavily toward Ron DeSantis as their person that they want to see get their Republican nominee. They're backing off that a little bit now, not for the reasons that this $20 million donor is. It's for other reasons, but they're backing off that a little bit. But I noticed they were writing about it today. They were expressing concern. So is Victor Davis Hanson, one of America's leading historians. They should be, and they are, and they're speaking out. I want to talk to you a little bit about that today. It's not that you or I can turn a a switch and change the course of this nation, but you and I are called to be salt and light. We are called to be a voice, a reflection of God and His truth in our culture, wherever we find a sphere of influence. Some greater than others, but all of us have a sphere of influence. There are at least a few people in our life who listen to us, who watch us, who pay attention to what we do. Benjamin Franklin said, and I've quoted this before, he said this, talking about the U.S. Constitution, he said, this is likely to be administered for a course of years and then end in despotism. When the people shall become so corrupted as to need despotic government being incapable of any other. Corruption leads to to despotism. I've seen it so many times in third world countries when I was there ministering in mission work, missionary work. They get to a point, the people, and these men are saying, Franklin warned, 
and some of our contemporaries are seeing it now, that we're approaching that time. The person around which all of it is seems to be revolving right now is a guy named Jack Smith. He's the lawyer that's bringing all of the cases, these indictments against Trump. He's a hitman lawyer. He's representing the Biden regime and their attempt to rid the country of Donald Trump. I want to talk to you a little bit about what's happening and what kind of the legal aspect of it. We're not going to get too deep into that, but I do want to talk to you a little bit about that. But on Friday, during an interview on on uh, Fox News uh, on the program Cudlow, this Harvard Law Professor Emeritus, Alan Dersowich, and I know you know his name. I mean, he's in the news a lot. He is not a Republican. He is not a conservative, and he did not vote for Trump, and he doesn't in, in in um, he doesn't plan to vote for Trump in the future, should he have the opportunity. But he said some interesting things um, to that Harvard law professor emeritus retired. But according to Dersowich, the indictment approached what he called the banana republic land. He accused the Biden administration of being afraid of the democratic process. He was talking to Kudlow on Fox Business News Channel on Friday. He said, we know that President Biden urged his attorney general to indict the man who he knew was going to be the leading opponent uh, against him. Dersowich said that begins to look like banana republic land. He said, that's what happens when people in power are afraid of the democratic process. What they do, he said, is they seek the indictment and prosecution of the people who are running against them. Well, he's absolutely right. I don't know how much time he spent in like third world countries, but I spent quite a bit of time there. That's exactly what they do. Or they just kill them. But if they don't kill them, they do exactly what we're doing here. They trump up some charge. They arrest them. They stick them in a jail, in a cell. I mean, whether it's a bamboo cell or a steel cell, I mean, it doesn't matter. They lock them up. They keep them there and they have they go through the kind of the the fantasy of, of a trial, which isn't a trial. I've seen it. I've had pastors in, in some of these third world countries when I was with them and working with them and establishing churches and stuff. I've had them tell me, Gary, be careful, because if you misstep, meaning, you know, if you do something without without thought, uh, say something, whatever. They can lock you up and you can be there for a long time while they debate whether you're guilty or not. That's the banana republic. That's third world countries. And we're seeing that mirrored in the greatest country in the history of the world. And that's what's so troubling about it. Dersowich said, I have a constitutional right to vote against Donald Trump for the third time. He said, I voted against him twice. I intend to vote against him again. But I want to have the right to vote against him and not have the right taken away from me by prosecutors and by the president who wants to see him in prison. That's just not the American way. He's right. It's not. He argued having a trial in Washington, D.C. circuit before U.S. District Judge this Tanya Chutkin was not the makeup of a fair trial. Well, it isn't. He said, we're not there yet, talking about the banana republic, but he said, this is a step in that direction. He said, also placing the case in the District of Columbia, where it's 95% anti-Trump, putting it in front of a judge with a history of anti-Trump. He said, if the government thinks they have a strong case, they ought to join the defense and agree to move it to West Virginia or Virginia 
and put it in front of another judge who doesn't have a long history of anti-Trump attitudes. He said, so I don't believe we can get a fair trial in the District of Columbia, and this indictment is deeply, deeply flawed. He said, the government will have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt. Did he actually believe that he had genuinely lost the election? That is the question of the day. I'm not an emeritus anything, and I'm certainly not a lawyer and not a, you know, America's leading historian, but I've got that figured out. That's exactly what this whole thing is about. Jack Smith, as I said, is a hitman. He's representing the Biden regime's attempt to rid the country of Donald Trump. Now, whether you support Donald Trump or not, and whether you plan to vote for him if you have the opportunity or not, isn't really the issue. There's an op-ed. The op-ed in the uh, Wall Street Journal says that's the biggest problem with, with Smith's latest broadside against Donald Trump. On top of its untested legal theories and evidence of a Justice Department double standard, former Attorney General William Barr, who's been ripping Trump recently, also said on CNN on Wednesday, he said there were reasons not to bring the case, and among them is the slippery slope of criminalizing legitimate political activity. That That's the point. Barr is a tremendous disappointment to me. I thought he was great when he came in and I knew him. I was aware of him. I don't know him, but I was aware of him from the past because he's been in office before with the Bush family. But um, regardless of how you feel about President Trump, you take him out of the equation. The New York, New York Times has even admitted what Jack Smith is trying to do to Trump is chilling. They call it a novel approach. If this guy pulls this off, and again, just for the moment, set aside your allegiance or your strong dislike, I won't say hatred, but your strong dislike for Trump, if that's the case. Set that aside. Smith is reaching back to just after the Civil War when Congress enacted the law to provide a tool for federal prosecutors to go after Southern white people, including the Ku Klux Klan members, who used terrorism to prevent formerly enslaved black people from voting. That's the law that Jack Smith is using to destroy Donald Trump and protect Joe Biden in the next election. That's what's happening. His approach to getting Trump is indeed novel. I agree with the New York Times. And if it works... People like Victor Davis Hanson are wondering if that law will be used equally against a host of Democrats. It could be. But what will it do to we the people out here? Us ordinary folks who do what we do to the best of our ability. Millions of us serve God, try to serve our fellow man. We try to live our Christian life. What is it going to do to us and our freedoms? Ben Franklin, I like to quote him. He's he was had he was very quotable, but Ben Franklin once said, and I can't remember where or to whom he said this, but he did say it. He said, "Security without liberty is called prison," and these people that are trying to destroy Trump are also trying to give the illusion to the American people that just trust us, we're going to take care of you, we'll write off your school debt, we'll feed you, we'll do. We'll give you, you won't need anything. Yeah, we'll give you security. But without liberty, and they are eating away at our liberties every single day this, uh, this government is in operation. 
And without that, without the liberty, the place where we are is called prison. He was right. Franklin was right on a lot of things. Victor Davis Hanson is deeply concerned. He wrote over the weekend, he said, according to recent polling, American people agree that we have problems, and they agree with Victor Davis Hanson. Hanson says two sets of law now operate in an increasingly unrecognizable America. Consider the matter of unlawfully removing and storing classified papers, he said. He brings that issue up. He said Donald Trump may go to prison for removing contested White House files to his home. He said, Hanson says, so far Joe Biden seems exempt from just such legal jeopardy. But as a senator and vice president with no right, as does a president, to declassify files, Biden removed as a private citizen, kept for years, classified files in his in insecured, unsecured locations, like his garage where he stores his Corvette. A, he's got a bunch of them in Chinatown. He's got them at a business, uh, at an office at, at Penn uh, University of Pennsylvania. Biden's team strangely revealed, Hansen notes, the unlawful removals after years of silence. There's nothing said about Biden with all of his, he's got boxes and boxes of classified stuff in his house and out at his beach and in Chinatown and at University of Penn State where they set up a, a Biden program of some kind in an office, which was funded by Chinese contributions. That's a different day and a different story, but it's true. It did so because the Biden administration found itself in the untenable position of prosecuting the former president for quote-unquote crimes that the current president committed as well. How does this work? Biden has done the same thing he's accusing Trump of doing, and nobody's saying anything about it. There are a few, Tom Cotton, a few in Congress that are just beating down the door. But the press generally just ignores them. Even some of the Republicans won't get on board with them. I don't know what's the matter with these people. I don't know why we elect those people. There's people with big money like Ron DeSantis' guy who's saying, if you don't become a moderate, I'm not going to give you more money after he writes a $20 million check. That's part of the problem. The rest of the problem is I don't know what these people are thinking. Donald Trump was impeached by a Democratic House for delaying foreign aid until the Ukrainian government guaranteed that Hunter Biden and his family were no longer engaged in corrupt influence peddling in Kiev. In addition, the left charged that Trump was targeting Joe Biden as his possible 2020 rival. It's just the opposite of that. Biden is targeting Trump. Yet Biden, with impunity, was bragging about the fact that he fired that Ukrainian prosecutor guy. Remember that? It was a while back, and it's been in the news. I've mentioned it several times on this program. It's just stunning. He's on. He, of course, Biden has to brag. I mean, that's who he is, and he needs has to talk about himself. But he was doing it on video. He's telling the story about how he threatened to withhold United States aid to Ukraine unless they fired this guy who was looking into corruption in Burisma, which was totally corrupt, we now know. The Biden administration's Justice Department is now targeting Trump 
currently the front-running challenger to Biden in 2024. Hansen questions whether or not Smith's case against Trump can even stand. He said he doesn't know if it'll even stand. If Trump gets a, a legitimate judge, and the judge now is hates Trump, she's on the record repeatedly, just, I mean, hatred toward the man. And anybody that, that is seeking fairness would say, no, this judge probably isn't the right one, unless you're just trying to destroy Trump. And that's exactly what the Biden administration is trying to do. He's afraid of democracy. He's afraid to let it play out. He thinks that it may be so overwhelming that even their minions that are out there working in the middle of the night carrying ballots around in the back of cars, and they did, it's on tape, even they won't be able to overcome the number of people that will probably vote for Trump if he can make it to election day. They know that. I can't believe, and I know that's charges that are against Trump as well, but I can't believe that 81 million people, Americans, would vote for a man who often doesn't know where he is and can't even hook two or three sentences together. And I say that with no malice. It's sad. And it's concerning. What about Clinton? Clinton hatched the Russian collision, collusion hoax, hired the people that wrote the false document, bragged that she joined the resistance to continue her attacks on an elected president. What about her? Nothing. She acid-washed her hard drives so nobody could check the records while she ran the Secretary of State's office basically out of her home in a server that was in the closet or the basement of her house. Lots of actors cut commercials after the 2016 election begging viewers to pursue the electors to ignore the constitutional duties to honor their state's popular vote instead swing their ballots to Hillary Clinton. There were no charges against her. What was Smith, what is he thinking of? What does he think he could bring against Trump? And again, the concern is certainly for Trump. He's a person and he has the right to run for office. And we who want to vote for him have the right to vote for him. But but beyond that, they are dismantling this country. And they're crying this and that for democracy while they are destroying democracy. FBI Director James Comey, he memorialized a confidential president presidential conversation. Then he turned right around and deliberately leaked what properly was a classified document to the media, to the Washington Post. What happened to him? Nothing. He keeps getting his salary in retirement. All of this is just so corrupt. And no one is really speaking out other than people like Victor Davis Hanson and a few. Hanson's list of concerns is much longer, but you get the point. Hanson says, out of pathological hatred or fear for Donald Trump, the left has crafted one set of laws for themselves and another for all other Americans. He said, it's time for our nation to take another look. And I would concur with that. We need to return to God who has blessed us 
It's time for the church to speak truth to the culture and do so without hesitation or fear. Hey, thanks for being with me today. Thank you for your support. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 